Welcome to this very special edition of the KJ Masterclass Live, the show that ensures that you profit from your time spent here with experts, either through their industry insights, information, or simply learning from them. And today we have Rob Broadhead, developer, coach, mentor, and podcast host. Welcome to the show, Rob. Thank you. Thank you for having me here. You are welcome to the show. Welcome to India in this online form, Rob. And not just in India, I'm sure a lot of people across the world will benefit from uh, what we will be talking in the next few minutes. You know, this show is obviously going right now live on video and later on we'll be putting out on audio as well as on text. So we, I'm sure a lot of people in the coming days will benefit. And the topic that we'll be talking about is, you know, how to keep yourself current in the fast moving world of tech. You know, first to understand from you with this question itself, uh, Rob, is that, you know, so many things are cha changing at the same time, especially with the AI coming in. So how do, how do I keep track of everything? Because I think earlier there was this word called fear of missing out FOMO. In other sectors, in technology, how do I deal with this word called FOMO, and especially if my life depends on it? Well, if your life depends on it, then you have a different, you obviously have a different uh, concern level there is that you, you definitely want to make sure it's more than a fear of missing out. But what you, what you do have is a lot of information that's, that's out there. And there's a lot of changes that are going on. And so what you need to do is, is really the best way, regardless of whether you sort of want to keep up or your life depends on it, is finding ways to really to, to address that fear of missing out is to say, hey, let's look at what's out there. Get a, you know, a snippet of stuff, you know, a few minutes here, a few minutes there kind of consumption to say, what is this and what can it possibly do for me? Now, sometimes you're going to have to dig quite a bit. And in those cases, that means probably nobody's figured out what that can do for you yet. AI may be one of those situations. There are certain areas where it's very big right now and people are talking about solutions. You know, some people that have played with chat GPT can say, hey, it can answer. It's better than maybe a search engine for me. And it, it can do some things like, you know, wordsmith some, some sort of content or write a blog article or something like that or get me started. So it does have value, but then it's, you have to look at it and assess, is that something that I need or is it not? If it's something that its promise is not what you need, then you can push away from that. You don't need to worry about it because there's so many other things that will you know, that will fit the bill or that will actually be more beneficial to you. The, the key really is getting rid of the, finding out what you need to say no to. Find the things that you do not want to, to work with, the things that aren't going to benefit you, that aren't in your line of business or your line of work. Right, right. Now, Rob, one thing to understand here is that, you know, you talk about continuous learning. What, how do you manage the learning part? Because most of the time, what we may be doing is updating your, ourselves what is happening around the world in the world of tech. Where does the learning part actually come in, come in between? Is it, is it getting updated all, uh, also about learning or the learning has to be separately done in these busy times. I think it really, the, the learning has to be separate because you have to be, there's a difference between reading for content and just to know what's going on is very different. Uh, it's a very different mental state than trying to learn. 
And to be able to get into that learning state is like anything else. It's a, you need to set a habit. And so we talk a lot about uh, incremental kinds of things. Like if you spend just five minutes a day working on something, then, you know, at the end of the week, you've spent, you know, maybe 30 minutes, you've had a half an hour. So you've, you've made some progress. And of course, if you can spend 10 or 15 minutes a day, and usually 15 minutes a day is sort of the, you know, the quick and dirty kind of thing is you can jump in, you can learn a topic, you know, not something complex, but you can learn a topic. And then, you know, Monday, you learn a topic, Tuesday, Wednesday, by the end of the week, you've got a couple of topics that you now have learned, and they maybe can build on each other as well, depending on how you're, uh, what your approach is to what it is you're learning. Sometimes you only need one one session. You know, if it's something like uh, how to do one specific thing in Excel or, or Word or, or something like that, or how to you know change a website to just this color or something, you can get that very quickly. But then there's other things that, yes, you're going to take time. You're going to have to build that foundation. But that's part of it is deciding that, hey, I want to essentially master this. So I need to have a strong foundation. I need to understand it. And that means I'm going to have to work with it. I'm going to have to have that experience of working on it every single day. It's just like, you know, another example is people talk about writing a book. If you want to go write a book, start by just writing 15 minutes a day. You get those habits, you get to the point where you're like, oh, this is just part of my day. And the next thing you know, it's it's building, it's growing. And as you go through the weeks, the months and years, you've made huge progress from where you were when you started. Right, right, Rob. So you are a software developer. How do you learn for yourself? You do so many other things also at the same time. And, you know, so how does your learning happen? Maybe this will give a better clue to a lot of people in this tech line. Secondly, you also talk about, you know, this word called devilpreneur. What does it mean if I'm pronouncing it correct? Because mm -hmm. it's a conglomeration of a couple of things that is, and but I like it. It's a very interesting name. Help us understand this in the backdrop of what you do and how you do. So actually the, the two tie together very well. Developpreneur is a combination, as you notice, of developer and entrepreneur. And it really is something that I found that with developers that are people that are in the IT that are programmers that are building software, they also often have an entrepreneurial side. They want to solve problems. They're going out there. They want to build products that will help people, will make life better. All of those you know, good things that can come out of software. And with learning, for me in particular, and also I think for a lot of people, when this goes to really making the most out of your time as you're trying to keep up with technology and trying to you know, stay current, is that instead of simply learning for learning's sake, is learning for a purpose. Sort of back to when I initially said, hey, you need to figure out what, what is it that's out there that is useful to you and what is not. If it's not useful to you, move on. If it is, then you can spend more time and figure out how it's going to be useful to you. and Where can you use it? Same thing with learning from a, a software development point of view. There are new coding languages and, and paradigms and libraries that come out basically almost every day, maybe at least every week and probably every day. And keeping up with that is, is very difficult because it requires more than just reading. You have to actually spend time in it and, and learn it. So what I do is I look at the, the technologies that are out there and I look at what I've, you know, so what I've done and then what are the new things out there? Where is something that has a, maybe a promise of something that I haven't seen before? Either it, it solves a new problem or it solves it in a you know, faster, different, better way. And in that, I say, okay, if it's going to solve this problem in a better way, then I actually make that an application. I say, okay, I'm going to 
you know, let's just make something up. Let's say there's a language that says, we will teach you how to tie a shoe better. Well, I'm going to use that and build, as I'm learning, build a solution that ties a shoe. So I can actually have now when I'm done, I have learned it because I've spent time in it. I have an actual application. And particularly from a software development world, it it makes you more valuable. It's that entrepreneurial side because it says you're not just learning to code, to write code. You're learning to solve specific problems and you have an example. So it's a it's it's killing two, three, four birds with one stone, basically, because now you're saying I'm not only learning but I'm also creating at the same time. And that's to me, and I think for a lot of people, that application side of it really helps with the learning process as well, because it's not just you read this, it's you read it, you comprehended it, and you used it so that you now have that whole, you know, the whole cycle of what you want as far as content and learning is concerned. Right, Rob. And then you added RB Consulting uh, to that, the T-shirt you are wearing that also has that logo. <laughs> I can see from here. So, what is RB Consulting all about, and what is its role amidst amidst this devil uh, RB Consulting is a is my software consulting company. So we go out, we solve problems. Uh, specifically, it's it's custom software, and the big thing we we do a lot now these days is is integrations and, and migrations because there's just there's so much data, there's so many solutions. It's getting all of them to talk together and build something that helps the business. So it's not just we're building you a CRM or ERP or whatever it happens to be. It's we're building something for you that specifically addresses your needs, your budget, your constraints, all of those kinds of things. And Developpreneur sort of grew out of RB Consulting because I was, I was looking for ways to grow and to bring people in, but I needed developers that were developers that they could go in, they could solve these problems. They, they weren't just writing code. They actually knew how to apply that and use it in a business sense to actually talk to somebody and say, what's your problem? What is your business problem? Let's see how we can take technology and automation and all of those kinds of things that software promises and apply it to your problem and give you a solution that works. So Developanor became a way to, to really to like give back to the community and share that content back out, but also to find people that had similar interests and similar skills and goals so that we could go, you know, sort of cultivate those and then reach out to them and say, hey, we need help in this area, or we would we really need a, you know, we got a new project, we need some people. So it's it's a way to start building some of those connections and that networking by giving stuff out free and, and bringing out, you know, throwing out content and things like that to help build for us, and then also for just software in general, a better, um, you know, more skilled, more applicable uh, school of resources or pool of resources. Right, right, Rob. Now, let's, we talked about, you know, learning for people whose life depends on it. Now, let's look at uh, somebody who's going to, who's starting this journey of uh, into this tech world. He or she what should they focus on? Software development, consulting, or being a developer? What is the future for them? And what should they learn more? How is it that it looks, the world looks to be panning out for somebody who is just starting today? Can you look into the future? I think um, really, if you look at, at the where things are going, probably consulting is, is going to be where you're going to go. But it's really because if you're just starting out, there's so many areas of, of 
software and IT that you can go into. You can go to security. You can go into testing. You can go into you know, commercial development. You can go into custom development. There's all front end, back end. There's all these different areas. And for somebody starting out, I think the best thing to do is to try to do as many of those as possible. Not like at the same time, but just you know, spend a little time in each of those and figure out what it is that you you enjoy. Because in the end, that's what you're going to be most successful at. And then if you look, you know, moving forward, particularly with the gig economy and some of the things that are out there, they're just, it's harder and harder to, to look for a company and say, okay, I'm going to go work for them and, and work for them for five, 10, 20 years. There are companies out there if you want to get into a you know, larger enterprise, but particularly if you want to solve problems, you want to solve new problems that you, that's why you're drawn to this. I, I highly recommend consulting because it allows you one to be your own boss to some extent, depending on you know, how far you get into it and how you do, but also to pick some of the areas that you want to work in, find the places that you bring the most value and then go, you know, go do those jobs, go create those applications. And those are the things that are, you know, they're always going to be around because you could have any company could just, you know, even like an IBM or Microsoft could make some big mistake and shut down a year from now. But if you've got, you know, your own business, your own consulting, you, you've got those skills, then you're going to be able to move somewhere else and, and be able to pick that back up. That gives you a safety net that is, is going to be highly valuable. I think in the, especially as, as tumultuous as things are these days, it's just, it's really, it's a smart bet is to make sure that you've got something to fall back on. Right. Right. Now let's look at, uh, again, from the individual point of view, how do you, uh, keep yourself future ready in terms of, you know, that okay, this is these are the changes, and how is the learning for the company happening in terms of you know keep getting themselves future ready? Uh, a lot of things are very unclear as things are unfolding. So, how does your company, yours is an individual learning? Okay, these developments are happening, and in terms of your company, because others are also a, a part of it, how do you see this? whole business market developing because as of now things look very different something will just come up disrupt and tomorrow uh, some 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 company which is so important today may vanish day after tomorrow how do you then do your learning part how do you also make sure that your company is also learning enough to be future ready this can be a quite challenging thing for a common person who is not from a tech background i just try to understand a bit of things from here and there. How does one understand all these things from the outside? And also for people who are deep into it, but are also trying to gauge what is happening. Most of the time you are only reading uh, stuff on what once it is published. Yeah, it's a, uh, the way we work and, and the way I recommend to people as well is that there is, there is even within uh, everybody's strength in the areas that they enjoy, the things that they want to do is, is stretching it out a little bit and finding ways for them to, to broaden their skill set. So they, we, you know, the, the goal is to avoid them being like just a database developer or just a front end developer or just a Java developer or, or whatever it happens to be is to, is to expand that out. And part of that is something really that comes as you get into your IT career, after your first few years, you start to realize that there are a lot of similarities from language to language, platform to platform, problem to problem. There's a lot of, even though every company has its own unique problem and you know, unique requirements, 
there is a large portion of that, you know, probably, you know, if you listen to the, the Pareto principle, basically the 80, 20 rule, it's probably 80% of that is stuff that you've seen before. And that allows you to take that knowledge of, and that experience that you did in, you know, some other technology or some other environment and take the things that you learned and translate those into now a new language, a new environment. And it does become, it becomes easier as you, as you iterate. So if you, if you start with a very, you know, you just start your career, you've got maybe one language, one skill, you know, one environment, one, you very narrow in what you can do. Well, now when you move to that secondary, you take those skills and translate them. It's going to be a little bit difficult, but you'll get there. And you do it a second time and a third and a fourth time. It gets very easy as you go on. So then it becomes stuff where it's all of the, really it's that foundational knowledge of how computers work, how software works, how problems get solved all of those skills start to build up. And then that gives you that foundation to move to whatever it is you need to do. It's just like a, I mean, just like doing word puzzles, like a, you know, Sudoku or, or crosswords or things like that is that you, you have certain skills and approaches and patterns and that, that you, you develop as you do this. And so whether it's a, a bigger puzzle or a smaller one or a variation on it, you can, you can use those skills and translate them over and so that allows you to then you know, tackle whatever the new thing is and not be so tightly bound to a technology that may disappear tomorrow. Right, right, Rob. And from a common person's perspective with AI, so many tools coming in and uh, so many websites itself has come in that, you know, give out a list of tools every week. So you just get so overwhelmed. Just think about, you know, after ChatGPT, there is Claude, there is Bing, there is, I don't know, perplexity, one, but I don't know, hundreds and hundreds of them come in. And every, <coughs> every, every each one of them have their own uh, things to say. For a common user, you can't keep on jumping from one thing to another. How do I gauge or assess even what is good for me, because that can be very difficult. And, and that zeal to understand these things, try them out is there. What is your advice for a common person who is trying to understand these texts, who in turn are trying to understand my needs? You know, that is where their learning is happening. But I am falling very, very behind. That is a that's an excellent question. And I think that's one that that too many people don't spend time thinking about. Um, and I've found that if you're not a technical person, if you're a, a business owner or you know, working for a company and you've got your job, your role, your responsibilities, you don't, it is not going to serve a purpose, no matter how good the tool, a new tool is, it is probably not going to serve a good purpose if you're changing tools every, every month or every two months or however often it is. However, it's sort of like, I like to think of it as like a, you know, if you go to for like actual physical health. As you go in for a checkup, whether it's a you know dentist or a, doc, a dentist or a doctor, you go in every six months, every year, whatever it is, and you just sort of do a checkup. And you say, honestly, most businesses do that. At the end of the year, they'll do maybe do an audit or they'll at least look, you know close the books for the year. They'll do planning and things like that. I think those are good times. Probably annually, you know, you could do it every six months, but probably every year, definitely every two to three years. Look at what you're using go out and look at what's available then and see if there's something that has an appeal that would allow you to, that would say, okay, the tool I've been using, it's worth it for me to learn this new tool because it's going to do so much more or it's going to do it so much better. 
And so you, it's really, you, you sort of pick your battles as you say, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to get this. I'm going to go with this. I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to learn it. I'm going to use it. And it's going to have, it's going to have flaws. It's going to have, you know, pros and cons because everything does, but then you, you know, you come back a year or two later or however long it is and go look out at what's, look what's out the market right now. Because if you look every month, you're going to get a different list. You're going to constantly get all these changes and it's just, it's too much. And so you want to just, you know, pick every so often that you take your, your critical systems and analyze and look at them and say, okay, does this still make sense? Because technology has moved. And if you go every year, two, three years, technology will move a lot. And so that allows you to make, you know, big steps. And it goes back to a good example is back, you know, it's not as common now, but if you go back several, you know, actually probably now a decade or two ago, there were companies that would buy every version of a software. And then there were some that would buy every other version or every third version or every, you know, point version, like full, you know, like one, one X, two X, three X. They would, they would sort of pace out their, their upgrades. And you need to do the same thing as you, you don't want to overwhelm yourself or your users or your employees with constant change because then it's like, everybody's like, okay, every day I come in, I've got to learn something new. So they've got to spend the time learning as opposed to getting the job done. So you, you need to find that, that sort of that magical balance, which is really, it's not as, as difficult as it seems. I think if you pick something that's, you know, one, two, three years, your users, your, your employees are going to complain, you know, a little bit always when you change, but you'll be able to figure out how quickly they get into the new system and, you know, how long it takes them. And then the kind of jobs they do, whether they, they do require a lot of training, a lot of learning to get a new system to do what it is that they want to do or need to do. Right, right, Rob. And as we get more deeper into technology, either as a software developer, uh, you may realize that, you know, that this is this, this technology is going to replace me. I am creating things which tomorrow is going to replace me. As a user, if I am using bit by bit, I, I, I will understand, okay, this is one line which is, you know, I am using this, but I'm also adding to the strength of this whole technology, which again will make me redundant. How should one look at uh, technology today? Should we look at it as an adversary for those people who are already getting impacted by it negatively? Or should I look at it, you know, complementing uh, our life and that it is a necessary, it's time has come and that we cannot change it. How do you look at that part? And secondly, you know, moving forward is that where is this technology going on? As of now, the technology is obviously revolving around us. But in the years to come, people fear that our life will revolve around technology. When do you see that happening? And, and, and it will be a very different time, difficult time for many. How do you see that into the future? I think in, in, in some society, in some areas of the world, you see that already is that technology is very quickly becoming, is driving life. Uh, a good example, if you look at uh, Japan, there's so much, so much automation that, that people, they're live really legitimately people that can live for six months without seeing a human being because everything's online. They can get food ordered on it. They can get everything they need without, you know, basically leaving their home or their apartment. And so you do see where, where technology is, is starting to have that kind of effect. Um, and, and whether it's, you know, first world all the way down to third world countries is, is things have changed dramatically because of the technology that's out there. And it's, it's one of those things that I don't think you, yeah, it's, 
it will make things faster. It, it allows some jobs to become redundant, but it also creates new jobs. And so it's it can be difficult, particularly if you're you know late in your career, because it's like, oh, no, I've got to change again or I've got to learn something new and I don't have you know, I only have a few years left in my career or whatever it is. Those are challenging. But if you're younger, hopefully you're you're looking at it as, as these are benefits. That as I learn new technology, I'm going to learn new skills. I'm going to be better at my job. And so while what you were doing early on is made redundant, you're actually better at your job you know, as, as time goes on. And, and coding and developers is a great example of that is because when I started, you, you didn't have the Internet or you didn't didn't have access to it. So you had and you had stuff that took forever. So you had to write very tedious code and you didn't have a lot of libraries yet. It was just very time consuming to get anything built. Well, as you started moving forward, people built libraries and they built faster compilers and they built different languages and they did all of these things to allow you to solve the problem faster. And now you have a lot of people out there and there's still some that write, you know, very foundational core level type code. But most people are writing things that like configure like a, a Salesforce or NetSuite or things like that, where it's really it's more about configuring and, and doing settings. And so you don't have to don't have to worry about the coding as much, uh, but you do still have to have that that ability to sort of talk computer enough to know what it is, what's the setting you need, what's the flag you need to turn on, those kinds of things in order to solve the problem. So it's it's just things are going to be replaced and you just have to, unfortunately, or fortunately, depending on how it looks, uh, you're just going to have to get used to change because that's going to be with us. Right, right. There is much to learn about technology from you, Rob. And I guess uh, day for that, people will have to come to you. This, this episode will not be enough or to your own podcast. So what is the best way for people to, you know, know more about you, about your podcast and also you know how can they get professionally engaged to what's the best way to do that so our podcast and our, our blog and all our content is out on developpreneur.com that is d-e-v-e-l-p-r-e-n-e-u-r.com and uh, rb consulting rb-sns.com is uh, my website you can email me rob at rb-sns.com and be happy to talk to you we can set up a, a conversation and and talk about technology and how it can serve you and, and what your particular situation is and what, what are the good, you know, some good next steps for you to find a way to, to make the most out of what's out there. Wonderful, wonderful. With this, it's a wrap on this very special edition of the KJ Masterclass Live. Thank you so much indeed for joining us.